Hey friends, this is Natalie with Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver, and you're listening to our special series, Diary of a Caregiver, Unashamed, Unafraid, and Uncut. In this series, I read my entries from the CaringBridge.com website. This is the site I use to provide updates to family and friends, as well as post photos and videos. Of course, as a reminder, we're posting the transcript and photos, which of course you don't want to miss. And um, it's going to be posted on our caregiver confessions group. So we'd love for you to join this group if you haven't already. And um, let's get started for today. We only have three more entries left, including today. So we are on entry number 35. It is August 9th, 2022. And the title is The Third Will and Other Thoughts from a Weary caregiver. Let's get started. Okay. Hello, friends. It's been a minute since we last chatted, but I wanted to make sure you had a good, juicy post worth reading. As always, I hope not to disappoint, but the reality is I write what comes to mind, and tonight, well, I've got quite a bit on my mind. I'm sitting on the train just outside Charlottesville, rocking gingerly back and forth. Hour eight, and I don't even notice the swaying from side to side as I type. Its comforting rhythm soothes like a parent rocking a child to sleep. Jason and I are tired from a whirlwind trip that included 19 hours on a train, we had delays, and five doctor's appointments. It's odd When we went home on July 5th, it felt like we left his cancer in New York. He he successfully completed the treatment, suffered for the appropriate number of weeks post-treatment, and was given MSK's blessing to return home and live our life. We happily packed up our belongings, which either shocks or impresses, depending on your point of view in an entire SUV with our quote-unquote essentials. I didn't miss a thing, but I could swear we left his cancer in New York. Little did I know she would ride home with us and then settle in on the couch like a third wheel. I mentioned it in a previous post, but our experience upon returning home was extremely different for Jason and me. Jason, who absolutely hates New York, and rightfully so, was thrilled to come back home. He stated several times that he would sleep and eat better surrounded by his things. I knew that was partly true, but still prayed for it to be so. Of course, he jumped straight into his previous, quote, normal routine and found that nothing was the same anymore. He was tired. We both were. And it would take time to find our new normal. For me, I loved the city and everything about it. I had officially received my honorary New York City resident card when I proudly drove us out of New York City. In my mind, they held a ticker tape parade as we drove through the city, Locals and tourists alike waving goodbye, wishing us well, and imploring us to return soon. I knew I'd miss it. Honestly, I was scared to return home as I knew everything was going to be different. And in the end, 
it was. I struggled for weeks, searching for my routine and trying to figure out what I was supposed to do and who I was supposed to be both at home and work. I was exhausted and needed a vacation. I felt so guilty. Who says they need a vacation after you've been gone for seven weeks? But I continually had to remind myself, you weren't on vacation. I was committed to maintaining what got us through the months of just awful God. He got us through this, and more important, He changed me. This entire process changed me, and for the better. But friends, it's easy to slip back into old habits. In New York, I had my routine. I listened to Christian music every morning and practiced gratitude. I read my sister Emily's daily devotional text and thought about how I would apply it to my day. We went through our normal 100 appointments and would then in the evening doing our Bible app. It was our protected time where we spent time reading the Bible verse of the day, praying and talking to God. I was like the Oprah of praying. I prayed for everyone. I hope you felt it. And of course, offer thanks to him for giving me the strength to make it through another day. That was our time, mine and Jason's and mine and God's. And we never missed a night. We came home and I was shocked at how easy it was to get distracted by all the other things. If it wasn't one thing, it was another. I couldn't find my music time as I now woke up early thinking about work and worse, way earlier in the morning than I should have. When I got to work, I was unsure of what to do, like I'd forgotten how to work. I looked at Jason one morning and said, I have no clue what to do. Don't worry, I found some stuff. But we kept up our nightly Bible app. No compromise there. But it was getting harder and harder as TV kept creeping in on our normal 9 p.m. app time. I promised myself I'd keep work on the other hand. My right hand was the visual reminder of importance. God was the thumb. Myself was the pointy finger. Jason was the middle finger. That was not intentional. Family was the ring finger. And friends was the pinky. And I securely placed work on the left. Yes, it covers the whole hand, but I'm right-handed, so it's all good. Slowly but surely, work, like our third will, I refer to her as the mistress, kept trying to make its way over to jump up the priority list in front of Jason, myself, and even God. I had to take a step back and intentionally say to myself, Stop. Work was one thing, but the mistress, she never leaves us alone. She's always there butting in and reminding you, no demanding you acknowledge her presence. At first, I tried to ignore her. I changed the subject, but she always had Jason's attention. I resented her and was angry. I wanted to scream and say, Go away. Why won't you leave us alone? but it was no good. So now I've come to peace with her 
proactively acknowledge her, her presence so that we can focus on finding the glimmers. Those moments where we blissfully forget that Jason has cancer for a few minutes. I accept her presence because I can now see she's never leaving. However, I cannot let her steal our joy. She doesn't get to be center stage anymore. Yes, there'll be times when she stands in front of us demanding our attention, i.e. our follow-up trip to New York was all cancer all the time. It was okay. We were with the most amazing doctors who have the knowledge, skills, and abilities to defeat cancer. I know when we get home, she'll fade into the background until we return, and that's okay. Like the familiar sounds and smells of New York, we will pray that every visit results in good news. Sidebar, getting ready for the big trip. Over the last several days, I could see and see change in Jason. He was wearing his worry more and more. His mood said to me, I'm not okay. I was worried and rightfully so. Why wouldn't he worried? So that was the first post-treatment visit. The physicians and scans would either tell us thumbs up, kicking cancer's ass, or thumbs down, we need more treatment. While I offered reassurance, I quickly realized it would be like this every time we went to New York until the day they say those amazing words, you're cancer free. Realistically, I don't know if he'll ever believe it. As we now, you know, know down the road, he could get another type of cancer from the chemo and the radiation. It kind of feels like the saying, robbing Peter to pay Paul, but we're playing, we'll play that game until it's time to pay the piper. And hello, Big Apple. We got on the train and started our nine hour trek to New York City. It felt familiar, the sway of the train, the sounds, the smells, and the numbness in my booty. (laughs) That never changes, even now. I mean, like right now. Anyway, we get off the train and I'm immediately pulling out my imaginary native New Yorker card. You know, the one I received on my way out of town on July 5th. I swear I rolled through the station like a pro. No hesitation. I was back in my element, my happy place. I was comforted by the familiar and felt confident that I could easily navigate our way to the hotel. We jump in the Uber and excitedly, I look at everything, taking it all in. It was like I'd never left. I felt an odd sense of calm. Jason, on the other hand, continued to have the look of hesitation and downright disdain for his surroundings, noting the loud, obnoxious noises and odors. It's no surprise as these were the same sounds and smells that plagued him daily, causing him to be continually nauseous and have difficulty sleeping. I get it. I'd be pissed at all the things New York too, if that's where I had experienced so much pain and anguish. The correlation is clear. Natalie, what did the doctor say? I've had several folks text over the last two days asking about our doctor's visits and how things have gone. The good news is all our visits went swimmingly well. He begrudgingly gave several vials of blood, which came back great. 
technically all within normal limits, but I call that great. Each practitioner raved about how great he looked and how pleased they were with his healing. Yes, the dry mouth and terrible tasting food continues to plague him, which could last for another six to nine months. But they did indicate there's been a great amount of research on the benefit of acupuncture. Apparently, it works great for stimulating the taste buds and salivary glands. Hello, we'll be jumping on that as soon as we get back. Check and check. We met with Dr. Lee, who is the equivalent of the second coming when it comes to radiation treatment. People, she's got favor for sure. We get meet with her next Monday to get an update on the MRI. I will keep everyone posted on those results. But for now, it appears he continues walking down the road to recovery. And for that, all the credit goes to God. No question about it. His will, his plan. Wrap it up, Nat. I know I love some closing thoughts and it just hit me why I felt so calm and confident in New York. It's because I felt, feel closest to God there. I remember looking out our 14th story window every day, morning and night, taking in God's beautiful creation. So of course, when I was looking out the window at our hotel, I naturally thought to take a photo to share with my peeps. Upon review, it was achingly beautiful. I felt a sense of warmth wash over me and then gratitude as I knew it was God's way of saying, Natalie, today is going to be a good day. It was simply about perspective. For one person, they see a gray industrial landscape that feels cold, but to another, they see a technicolor filled sky reflecting another example of God's majesty, power, and beauty. I know he doesn't solely reside in New York as he's always with me. I just needed a gentle reminder to slow down and simply look up. He never left. He's right beside me. I posted the comments below on Facebook and LinkedIn, hoping that my words would help someone else know that Monday and every day thereafter is going to be a good day. It's all about perspective and feeling confident that God has you. Much love to you, Natalie, Jason, a whole lot of dots, and the third wheel. I hope these words bless you. Photo attached. God's welcome to the day. Without question, we will face challenges throughout the day, but the critical thing to remember is that you control your perception and response. Be grateful for the challenges that allow you to grow and fully absorb those moments that bring you joy. Tomorrow isn't promise. Choose to live happy, see the beauty around you, and express gratitude every step of the journey. It was designed expressly for you. Guys, have a wonderful day. I'll see you tomorrow.